You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. Well, good afternoon, John. Excited about today as I usually am, you know, coming together and, and getting to talk to one of the brightest in the e-com world. I get excited I'm about flattered. this. Yeah. I was, I was looking at myself in the camera <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, I was I no. was making sure. I, I was like, oh, he's so nice. Yeah. No, no today is actually exciting because I get to talk to you today or hear some some things about you about traffic. And usually that's my domain, but we're and we're relating traffic and conversion and optimization. So I get to hear your opinions on traffic, which will be fun for me. So let's talk about traffic. I think there's probably a song about that from the 90s. Let's talk about traffic. <laughs> yeah, we're not singing here. We're talking about traffic. So I know this, and I assume most people in the e-commerce world know that all traffic is not created equal, Mm -hmm. but without traffic, you have massive problems. Can't do much. You can't sell things, can't do things, but you really can't optimize without traffic. You can always drive traffic if you don't have any, but you can't really execute real CRO. And I know there's a difference between what people often say CRO is and what it actually should be or considered. So today, we're going to hear from John about what does traffic look like to be able to do real CRO? I think it's going to surprise some people. Mm. So John, let's kick it off to think through or explain to us what it does mean when you're saying qualified traffic in terms of optimization, because it's going to be a little bit different than what I think of qualified traffic for coming from Google or Facebook. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's a good line to draw here because so many brands come to the good and say, hey, we're ready to optimize. We, we have more than enough traffic. And on the surface, if you just look at total sessions or visitor counts, then yeah, they have, they have a lot of traffic. But if you really dive in, you start thinking, okay, is this qualified traffic for testing? So I really want to talk for a second about what qualified means. So thank you for that. I, I think that you know, first thing to be looking at is unique sessions, not overall visitors. Because you may have some visitors who come multiple times, you can't really run multiple tests with the same people, right? So say you have a visitor who comes and then they come again 10 minutes later or the same day, right? They're doing that research. You don't want to change the experience for them by running a test and then they come back to the site and they see something different, <laughs> right? So you need to focus on on unique sessions that and you know for Google Analytics that session length is more you know is what 24 48 hours I believe uh, they consider it a similar session. So keep that in uh, in mind first of all. Next you really need to think about uh, a few key areas. The first I would look at is locale or what's the country of the visitor because you really need to know are they subject to GDPR or other mm-hmm. regulations where you know, I, there, I saw an article this morning that Google's now fighting that, you know, a European country came in and said, hey, analytics, Google Analytics is in violation of GDPR. And, yeah. you know, Google's like, well, if that's the case, then we're screwed completely. So let's, like, <laughs> you know, hold on here. And so I think, you know, you have to understand, is GDPR up, applying to your audience? If so, how many of those are opting in to the cookies? Right? How many are are not ignoring the the cookie notification? They're not declining it. They're actually clicking accept. Now I know nine out of ten of those cookie things are bogus. They people just put them up to be covered. They don't actually change anything about what happens on the site. 
it's a dirty secret, but it's true. <laughs> so it's the nice. reality, though, is if we're going to be legit with this, we need to understand that they have to click accept in those categories, right? So if you're European-based, for instance, you need to know what's the percentage of people that are opted into that. I think Australia has something similar. UK does. There's a lot of these type of laws now that you really need to be paying attention to. And all you really need to know is, have they accepted to be tracked? And if so, <laughs> then you can count them into your traffic. But if only, you know, we're, we're working with a client right now where I think like 20% of their traffic actually accepts. So oh, yeah. that's a huge chunk, right? Where all of a sudden, 80% of the traffic, you just have to throw out the window. Now, that doesn't mean you can't optimize for them. You certainly can. But it limits it to that visit, mm -hmm. okay? Because you can't track them across sessions then. And I think as you're talking about locale or country visitors too, it's also important to note that even if you can track them, every website I look at in the US-based businesses has random traffic from countries that are not going to be buying anything. Yeah. Like you'll see people from Indonesia or India mm -hmm. and it's not even some of it's probably bot traffic, but oh, yeah. you can't consider somebody in Nepal looking at your site that you can't ship to <laughs> as a valid visitor. That's a really great point. And, you know, I, I think it's you know also where where are you capable of shipping to? So, so that should limit the list. Right. Because even if you're a U.S. based company and you get people from the U.K. and you're like, well, they could be an audience. Yes. But. Can you export to them? Can you ship to them? Are you set up to fulfill those orders? Right? So you have to think about that too. It could be what somebody was like, that's who I want as a customer, but can you actually fulfill the order? I've seen that before too. So mm -hmm. the second thing to be thinking about when you're qualifying traffic is what site content or page are they landing on? What kind of content are they looking at? Is the vast majority of your site blog content? If that's the large number of visitors and you know, it's not uncommon that e-commerce sites, the most number of pages they have on their site is blog content because they have 200 blog content items up, but they may only have 20 products, mm -hmm. right? So then you start looking at that and yeah, it drives traffic. But the quality of that traffic is usually pretty poor. It's people who have a pain or a need, which you want, right? But they get to your site and they convert at an extremely low rate because they really just want to know how to solve their problem. And they read your blog post, which answered their question and they left. Why is that? Well, the chance for optimization here is not to do testing because you really, that, that traffic's not leaving the blog, right? And I'll talk more about why that is in a second, but Really, the opportunity here is to optimize those those blog pages to bake in more of your product content and to you know surface up your products as the solution and be more literal with it. I think a lot of brands are like, hey, I don't want to market in my blog content. It's to drive traffic. You really need to say at that point, here's the problem and our product solves this problem. And here's how it works. And maybe offer up if you really want to back off of the sales approach, maybe offer up where, you know, you have some other solutions uh, that are options. Right? I'm not necessarily saying competitors, but maybe there's alternative ways to solve the problem, et cetera. So that's something to think about. But I often tell people when they have large amounts of blog traffic that that is the very top of your funnel. A homepage is actually below the blog traffic in your funnel because homepage will often convert higher than a blog. And people who go from blog to your homepage are going to convert at a, at a normal rate. Those who you know stay on your blog pages, they're certainly not going to convert very high. So 
So for the vast majority of e-com brands, would it be safe to say, and I hate making broad statements, but it helps give guidelines, mm-hmm. that blog traffic could, for most companies, boil down to some very specific best practices, like yeah. at least have some links to your products that are solving the problem, but are you really going to optimize your blog posts to really take your business to the next mm-hmm. level? Yeah, probably, probably not. not. <laughs> now, what are they great for? Awareness, if yeah. done right, right? If you're promoting your products throughout them. They're great for getting out there and getting seen and getting found in terms of it's almost as good as being linked up in a publication of some sort, a third party, mm-hmm. right? So it's great for increasing your domain authority, all the SEO type of stuff that's out there because that's going to help all of your pages across your entire site raise oh, yeah. an SEO value. So I'm not saying eliminate a blog by any means. I want to be clear about that. But what I am saying is the traffic's not going to be that great. Mm-hmm. And you need to be okay with that. You're doing it for other reasons. Always traffic generation. Yep. And look at remarketing different on those too. Mm-hmm. Because their intent wasn't often to purchase coming to your site. So the remarketing return is probably going to be lower than people that are on the category and product pages. So for extended levels of driving traffic, you might want to target them different and nurture them different and have had different expectations. Yeah. And again, you know, I think this traffic could definitely be optimized, but we talked about some ways to do that. But, you know, I would leave it out of the calculation for, for what is considered qualified traffic for testing. The other thing to think about is bouncing traffic. So if you have visitors who are coming and staying only a minute or two minutes and then they bounce, probably not going to be seeing a whole lot of them be opted into tests and actually be able to interact with your site enough where you're going to be able to get relevant data off of them during testing. So I would not focus on this traffic because you need traffic who's going to visit more than one page. Your whole goal, first of all, is to push them further down the funnel but uh, with optimization. But beyond that, if you are going to be doing testing, you need to make sure that you actually have people who are going to visit more than one page. So again, there's some best practices that you could put here, but I would leave them out when you think about qualified traffic. I think it's more indicative of challenges with your ads if people are bouncing right away because that means there's some expectation that was set in the ad copy that's not being met when they hit the landing page of, or your homepage. Uh, so that can generally be a bigger issue of, okay, maybe it's some copy that needs to be redone on your homepage. I mean, Ryan, you tell me, but I would imagine the best strategy for sending traffic in an ad is not to send them directly to the homepage. Maybe that's a whole other <laughs> episode we yeah, should have. Probably. But Yeah, if you're sending all your traffic to the homepage, call me. Get a high bounce rate of your ads, just call me. There's some problems there that are probably going to be pretty obvious. There you go. That's your brand. General phrase match brand can go to your homepage. Mm, I see. Yeah. So if somebody searches for your brand name, you send them to the homepage. Perhaps. Exactly. As long as there's no okay. like brand plus product that they need to go to a category. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be some ad traffic there, but direct visits going to homepage is going to be pretty specific to organic brand searches going there and then mm-hmm. people typing in the browser. Yeah. But it does bring up an interesting point that I'm curious about source medium tracking is, is a favorite of mine in analytics to decide what traffic I like, what traffic I don't like, what I want more of. Have you seen the kind of a, again, a broad stroke statement of mm-hmm. the types of traffic from a source medium perspective in analytics that most people would be like, Oh, I can get that traffic. That's the best for CRO. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to get 50,000 visitors or so, or somewhere around that for a CRO, what do you like to see it coming from? I don't care if it's paid or direct. 
I think that's fine as long as you're sending them to the right place. The higher the direct traffic, the better. That typically means there's brand awareness and people have heard about you elsewhere, but that's really, really a long shot. That's a long play, right? Like, you know, people are spending on traffic because it's a, it's a shortcut to getting people to your site and it's necessary. You have to advertise in that way. But the direct tells me if you have a higher percentage of direct tells me that people know of your brand. Like how many people are clicking on an ad for Nike versus typing in Nike.com, right? And, but you know, very, very few brands are Nike, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to think about that. It's likely not your brand. So that's something I think also in terms of channels, I think, you know, we're seeing that social is the landscape's changing quite a bit. But I think that if you are sending people, we're seeing quite often a high conversion rate from people being sent from like TikTok, et cetera, where it's the influencer type of game, right? Mm. Where it's those type of ads are doing extremely well right now. And I think that's because a lot of people are dumping money there versus Facebook, uh, just because Facebook wasn't getting them the ROAS that they really wanted to see. But, you know, I think that part of that is just a changing landscape, changing ecosystem. But for me, I don't as much care where this traffic's coming from as much as I care where it's being sent to, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if it's coming from TikTok and they're looking at a specific product, you're not sending to the homepage, you're sending them to the product page or that product category in your site. Right. Make sure that the expectation aligns with where it's coming from to what they're expecting to see. Exactly. And what the Exactly. So it's a, as long as it's aligned to traffic, I guess I'll say that. If it, but it's not going to be, for example, a lot of email traffic, I'm guessing. Well, I will say email traffic should already be your highest converting channel. Yes. Because there are people who have opted in. There are people who are interested in your brand. They have some familiarity with your brand or they wouldn't be on the list. At least, hopefully, I can understand maybe somebody mm -hmm. bought a you name. Might have spun a wheel. You yeah. might have spun a wheel. Right. Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> That's fine. But what I'm saying is don't buy a list and then start blasting sure. that list, right? That that would be a, 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 a no -no. Whole new low. That, yeah. Yeah, that For me, that, you know, spin to win is already down here, right? Buying a list, pretty far down below that. Mm -hmm. So and I think everybody listening to this, if you've listened for, you know, we're on what, episode 53 or something, uh, you know my hatred for spin to win, which Ryan likes to 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 squeeze in there every episode a little bit. <laughs> But the reality is that email should be your highest converting channel already, right? And so I don't focus on optimizing for that too much because right off the bat, but I, I do include it in qualified traffic because again, I don't really care where they're coming from. I care more about where you're sending them to. So I, you're going to catch those quick bounces, blog traffic, right? If you send in your email, you're just sending out blog traffic emails. That's already going to get weeded out by the other qualifiers that we've, we've talked about. You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, a conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers, and Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, a digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization, and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you. Okay, then the question a lot, I know you get a lot and I get a lot as well. So qualified traffic to the site, check. How much of that are you going to need? Like for, I mean, most brands need 5,000, 50,000, 100,000. Like where are we at? 
Yeah. Somewhere in the middle. And here's why. Well, first of all, it depends what you mean by optimization. Now, let's start there. <laughs> if you want to do testing, true AB or multivariate testing, right? That's what we're looking at for qualified traffic. Now, can you optimize? Yes, you could do, what was that term that you, you call it? Uh, something uh, optimization? Uh, um Conversion in, in, improvement. improvement. Yes, conversion yes. rate improvement versus CRI. conversion rate optimization. We're going to trademark that for you, right? <laughs> uh, so if you want to do improvements, you can do that with any traffic level, and you should. These are the best practices, the small things you can do. If you want to do true conversion rate optimization, where you're doing testing and uh, making some big swings on your site in terms of what you're testing, uh, maybe doing split testing even, et cetera. You need to have enough traffic. What does that look like? Generally, a minimum, absolute minimum of 50,000 qualified sessions per month on average. So 50,000 is a great baseline of just saying, this is where the cutoff is. That's for the good. That's generally where if you want to get onto our conversion growth program, that's the minimum we want to see. Other than that, I don't feel like we can get you a good return on your investment because we just can't, no matter if we were to get your conversion rate up to two points, it probably isn't going to still cover our fees mm-hmm. uh, or get you enough of a return on those fees to continue wanting to work with us by the time you consider margin and everything else. So, so unless you're selling a $500,000 product at an okay margin and you know probably not going to really be worth it at that point. Does CRO work quicker when you have half a million a month versus 50,000? Or is it just you're yeah. more... T- I mean, if you're time qualified, yeah. The yeah. more traffic, the faster you can move. Got it. And is it generally about the same amount of work on your end? Or does it get more expensive, more complicated with more people? It gets more complicated the bigger you are because we're going to do more tests. We were talking earlier, I was mentioning how Google Analytics is bumping up against GDPR in Europe. Why is that? Well, Google Analytics actually knows a lot about you because Google mm-hmm. Analytics is on almost every site. And Google is cross, you know, verifying that, hey, oh, that IP address and that browser specifically, that fingerprint of that browser was on this site. Now it's on this site. It did these Google searches. If you don't think Google's putting all that stuff together, I got another thing coming for you because I, I think it's really important to state that the big challenge is I know we can go in to Google Optimize, which is integrated with analytics. And we have hundreds of ways that we can segment the audience and run a test for. So what do I mean by that? We can say pretty high level, where were they before this? Have they been to the site before? But we can also get into age groups. We can get into locale. We can get into household income is one of them. And now it doesn't know this for every single visitor. Again, another reason why you want more traffic than less. But There are hundreds of ways we can segment traffic to decide who sees what variations of what tests and who gets opted into tests. And so it's really important that the more traffic you have, the more ways we can slice and dice that traffic to be able to run more effective tests and uh, and try different variations. Got it. So it's I, I can see a lot of worlds in which there's fun tests at different levels of traffic and Mm-hmm. cool things you can do as you get larger and bigger. But as you, most businesses officially are not big enough to do CRO, the vast majority, if we just take a numbers perspective. Mm-hmm. And so what do these small businesses need to be doing when they can't do CRO, but they know they need to? Like, hey, my site, I can just tell, my gut tells me I'm not converting yeah. as well as I need to be. Mm-hmm. I see some data telling me that. Like, how, how do you direct them on what we're calling at this point, conversion rate improvement? 
Yeah. Well, first thing I say is take the budget that you think you would want to spend on improvement or optimization and call Ryan and and (laughs) give him your money because you need to start driving qualified traffic. That's the first thing. Get your count up to where once you do some improvements or true optimization, you're going to see some return on that investment. Otherwise, you know, you're just a band playing in an empty room, right? Because it doesn't matter how good your music is. If no one's showing up to listen, you're never going to get signed for a record deal, right? So you really got to think here about whether or not um, you have enough traffic that's qualified to even start. And if you don't, then you need to drive some of that traffic by paying for it. Other than that, I would focus on optimizing specific landing pages. So you have your ad sets that you are running in your campaigns. Direct those to specific landing pages. The biggest mistake I see is something I brought up earlier is the smaller the brand, the more likely they're just sending their traffic to a homepage. They're they're setting up Google on autopilot because they don't have the they have not had the resources to hire somebody yet to run their ads. Or maybe they're working with a freelancer and the ad setup is not not great. Maybe they're directing it to product detail pages or category pages or homepages, and that's it. So then it becomes a bit of an issue. So Really, it's uh, and this is going back to the first point of of why they should really connect with you or a professionals, right? Because then they're going to get much more quality traffic. In terms of the improvements, you know, you could go and get a one-time audit of your site. That's not out of the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just won't be based on as much of the quantitative data, right? It's going to be much more of the qualitative data. It's going to be much more. What I mean by that is. You are going to be able to rely more on heat maps, uh, you know, especially when you can do artificial intelligence heat maps, which are widely available now. You can do user testing. And if you're small enough, this is where I often recommend to brands just starting out to just go to your local coffee shop and take a laptop and tell people you'll buy their coffee in exchange for them browsing your site and telling you what they think while they're doing it, right? So, you know, go get the book, The Mom Test and follow that to the T. It's a great way to, to kind of get validation and understanding if your site is performing well. And then after you've done those more type of, of qualitative things, you can then get into the quantitative as your traffic grows, such as A-B testing, et cetera. But for what I would highly recommend is doing a, an initial audit or assessment of your site and uh, doing that as a one-off engagement that is going to be at a lot less of an investment level than doing ongoing testing. Uh, and that will get you the improvements, you know, the the patented Garrow conversion rate improvements versus <laughs> the optimization. And it will get, help you kind of avoid that chicken and egg scenario because so many brands come in, it's like, well, I'm driving traffic, but it's not converting. Generally, it'll, you know, that to me means you haven't validated the product yet. You haven't validated your website yet. You, you know, you're spending money to drive traffic, but you can't get enough traffic to be able to test with and or you're not converting even at a decent level. I had a brand that reached out not too long ago that was like, hey, you know, we've spent $50,000 or plus trying to drive traffic this year and we haven't sold one thing. It's like, well, you're talking to the wrong person. To me, you have the wrong product. That either that or people just aren't interested in it. Or you're running really crappy traffic. <laughs> sure. But regardless, <laughs> I can't help you optimize that. You know, those are problems that you need to have solved before you get into looking to improve your conversion rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have some pretty simple rules I abide by as I'm looking at sites and brands that, you know, if you're doing less than a million dollars a year, 
online, mm-hmm. you're probably not at a point where you need CRO yet. You're still building your brand, figuring out your identity and who you are. Yeah. Um, if you're not spending at least 10 grand a month in ads across Google, Facebook, you're probably not ready for CRO mm-hmm. yet. You're still figuring out where your lifetime value is going to come from. You're still trying to figure out what terms are going to be good for SEO long term. Mm-hmm. There are so many companies that rightly so listen to people like you, John, about CRO and get excited, but mm-hmm. they're they're trying to jump two years into the future to a product that like you just gotta yeah. you gotta go through the grunt work process of building a brand that's that's not easy. Most yeah. brands fail. <laughs> so yeah. if you're still going and you're getting close to that, you're doing really, really well. Yeah. I've talked to thousands point. of brands that are never going to get to a million bucks. Like it just happens. It's the process of as a business owner learning what works and what doesn't and mm-hmm. failing. I don't know how many, my wife could probably tell you how many businesses I failed at, but I don't remember because I have a short term memory when it comes to the failures. Uh, but there's been a lot. I'm as sure you that should. Has. That's why you keep having uh, <laughs> some successes, right? Uh, uh, get back up on the horse. But yeah, it's, it's, it's trusting the process of brand building and, and growing a brand to get to the point where you can use John's team to really take your brand from one, two, three million to 10, 20, 30 million. Or if you're already in a hundred, you're going to go to 400 working with John. It's, um, but it's, it's being patient yeah. in that process and not just wanting to throw money at a problem that maybe that's the wrong problem you're trying to solve. Yeah. Great points. John, any last words? I mean, this is, I, I like hearing you talk traffic. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's good. Uh, I, I always try to help you out there, but, uh, last words makes it sound like I'm, I'm being offed. So, the reality, I don't have anything else to add to this. Um, I, I, you know, again, I think come to us when you have about 50,000 visitors. I can help you determine if it's qualified traffic. If you're already working with Logical Position, you know, Ryan and his team can help you determine what's qualified. You know, I would rather talk to people than not because there's generally an option of a way that I can help them. It may not be working with us and that's okay. But maybe mm-hmm. it's that referral to somebody to, who can help and solve a problem they're having, or, or maybe it's just you know helping them understand that they need to stop spending you know uh, tens of thousands of dollars driving traffic when they haven't validated the product yet, like the one person I spoke with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm happy to help. I'd rather have the conversation than not, right? Oh yeah, anytime. I, th- I think it's fun. I think helping business owners work through some of those issues, even if we start on a lot of times we'll start on paid search. And I'm talking like, mm-hmm. well, you've got. I mean, have you thought about that? That's a, why are you doing that? And I learned something new by asking a lot of questions on calls. And so I just enjoy it. Uh, but uh, you do have a product, the AI heat map, eye tracking stuff that you've created for the good. That is, yeah. that is phenomenal and can help brands that don't have the traffic because you can create the traffic through mm-hmm. AI and let them see some stuff. And so you've got uh, that uh, starter audit. Yeah conversion audit, right? Yeah, we call it the assessment, uh, conversion growth assessment. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're able to basically, because we have access to these enterprise level tool sets, uh, because of, you know, we work with a lot of larger brands. So we have access to these tools that we that we use on these on all all of our clients, we're able to provide that down to the price point that most brands wouldn't be able to, you know, normally wouldn't be able to get access to this data, but we're able to provide it. So, you know, we have what we've come up with, which is our conversion growth assessment. And it's, it's about $2,000, which is much more reasonable for brands who, you know, are doing under a million, as you mentioned, maybe don't have 50,000 visitors. They validated their product usually at this point, but they are looking to improve the consumer experience on their site and know Hey, I'm, I've seen some success, but I have a, I have a hunch that it could be better. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's really the the point at which spending a couple grand can really, really pay off. For sure. And I think that's what I was hoping your punchline was going to be, because these, I think a lot of small yeah. brands need to be thinking about that, that, you know, you mm-hmm. can drive traffic, figure things out. Uh, but in that mix, keeping that, you know, a couple thousand dollar budget available to say, OK, now it's time to go to John. Let's at least see yeah. what some of the simple commercial rate improvements we can make are mm-hmm. uh, to get us to that next plateau to get us to the next one to the next one yep perfect well ryan thank you uh great great chat as always and i know we always say hey if we can talk about this topic for 15 minutes we'll be good (laughs) and then your comment was before we started recording well we always go at least 30 based on that and here we are for 30 minutes we do so hopefully people are getting some value out of it but i've enjoyed doing this and enjoyed these 30 minute conversations so thank you keep doing it have a good one cheers Thanks for listening to Drive and Convert with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. To keep up to date with new episodes, you can subscribe at driveandconvert.com.